I'm John Robson, and this is a Climate Discussion Nexus readout on the Australian bushfires. Every Wednesday at the Climate Discussion Nexus, we put out an email. It's called the Wednesday Wake Up, and it discusses significant news, opinions, and science on climate from the past week or so. And these readout videos cover one or two topics in the newsletter. They summarize the story, and they offer some quick extra commentary. If you want more in-depth information, go to our website, that's climatediscussionnexus.com, subscribe to the Wednesday Wake Up, and also to our YouTube channel, because we also make videos that take a detailed look at all sorts of climate-related issues. This week's big story, again, is the wildfires down under. Australians have been hit hard this year, and our sympathies go out to them. They're tough people, and they're no strangers to drought or fire. But when disasters like this one hit, there's no question, it's a nightmare. And it's natural to ask why it's happening and whether it could have been prevented. Unfortunately, it's also natural nowadays for anything disastrous or even unpleasant to be blamed on man-made climate change. And the New York Times, like countless other media, have blamed the fires on climate change and on Australians for burning coal and exporting it. But there's a lot wrong with this position starting with the indecency of telling Australians it serves them right while they're in the middle of it. Also, the notion that Australia cutting its greenhouse gas emissions would have helped change the world's climate even as GHGs continue to soar elsewhere. And the fact that if climate change driven by human CO2 emissions was to blame, the alarmist own models have shown that cutting greenhouse gases more aggressively wouldn't have changed anything. You can Get more on that in part two of our video series on the Paris Climate Treaty. Still, we can at least agree that the bushfires are the fault of human beings, right? Well, no, not really. At least not the way many people, including the Times, think. Because there's a lot more that you're not being told. And once you get the big picture, you'll see that it's not easy to connect global warming to Australia's bushfires, and indeed it's probably not possible. The first thing to note is that satellite data show that the burning pattern isn't correlated properly with temperature. Fire rates in New South Wales and Victoria are very high compared to the average for this time of year, and indeed to previous extreme years. But just north of that in Queensland, where it's also very hot, fire rates are well below the historical average. And some of the worst burn areas in Australia are in places that were relatively cool, not those that are setting heat records. So what does explain the pattern? Well, as Australian climate blogger Joanne Novas noted, the fires aren't where the heat is, they're where the fuel is. Australia's bushfires were made much worse this year by the excessive amount of dry fuel that's accumulated in the bushlands. And yes, it is a man-made problem, but it has nothing to do with greenhouse gases, unless you mean the way the obsessive focus on CO2 has diverted attention and resources from more mundane things like sensible land management. You see, the buildup of tinder just waiting for a spark, and in Australia, you know you're gonna get a spark in the bush sooner or later, probably sooner, has been blamed, in my view rightly, on limits that the government placed on landowners' ability to clear dry brush using controlled burns. And when I say blamed, I mean blamed ahead of time. Unlike the way climate alarmists will swoop on things after they happen and then gleefully predict them. And now, a word from our sponsor. And that's you, because the Climate Discussion Nexus is supported by ordinary Canadians who want to see more common sense, more logic, and more facts in the discussion on climate change and less yelling. If you want to help us, 
subscribe to our YouTube channel, go to our Patreon page, make a pledge, become a monthly sponsor. Now, back to our regularly scheduled programming. In this case, five years ago, a retired Australian bushfire scientist named David Packham began warning the Australian government that its ill-advised controlled burn restrictions were allowing fuel loads to build up to dangerous levels by preventing landowners from getting rid of them in a controlled burn before you got an uncontrolled one. There was a 2015 article about Packham's warning in the Australian magazine The Age, and it said, Fuel levels have worsened over the past 30 years because of, quote, misguided green ideology, end quote vested interests, political failure and mismanagement, creating a massive bushfire threat a former CSIRO bushfire scientist has warned. Unfortunately, Packham's warnings were ignored. In late 2019, Australia began what has turned out to be an extremely hot, dry summer, and for some reason it also set off a plague of arson, with well over 100 people having been arrested for deliberately starting fires, which is worse than idiotic. It's malicious, it's dangerous, it deserves to be condemned. But when you've got very hot, dry conditions and excessively high fuel levels in the bushlands, with or without this inexplicable outbreak of arson, you're going to get what you've got, which is a bushfire crisis. Okay, the alarmist might say. The specific triggers were, well, specific. But overall, it's climate change creating the conditions. But if it were simply climate change, then fire on this scale would be happening every year in Australia and it would be getting worse and worse, if not year on year, certainly the trend. So, in the spirit of that famous evidence-based decision-making we keep hearing about, let's look at the numbers. We can go to the Global Forest Watch website and get historical numbers since 2001 on Australian bushfires. The daily numbers, as of the end of 2019, are certainly high. They're around 7,000. But that's not as high as 2012's 9,000 or 2011's nearly 10,000. Very high levels were also recorded in 2002, 2004 and 2006, as well as 2011 and 12. So again, this years have been high, but they're not unprecedented. And although everyone's currently focused on Australia, there are as many or more fires burning in the hot, arid regions of Africa. In fact, satellites over Australia recorded about 522,000 fire indicators between December 1 and January 2, but they recorded about 850,000 in Africa over the same period. For some reason, those didn't make the papers, at least not nearly to the same extent, just as African fires didn't make the papers last summer when Amazon fires were the scare du jour. Maybe it's because wildfires happen in dry regions every year, and globally, the current numbers aren't unusual. Here's the chart of total global fire alerts as detected by satellites since 2001. You can see it's not trending upward. If anything, it's doing the opposite. And that turns out to be what the experts are in fact telling us. The global area burned each year by wildfires is not going up. It is likely trending down. So if your theory tells you global warming should be causing more wildfires, you shouldn't be pointing at Australia and going, told you so you should be realizing that your theory is wrong. It's either wrong about global warming and wildfires, or it's wrong about global warming, period. That's what the facts say. And eventually, the truth catches up with scaremongering, even if the scaremongers are rushing to stay ahead of it. For instance, we've already seen an example of how a dramatic regional outbreak of Amazon wildfires was exploited by climate alarmists to set off a global panic last summer. 
check out our video on the great Amazon Fire Scare of 2019. They've now backed away from that one and they're on to something new. And we can't stop them from spreading panic. But we can provide some logic and some perspective by checking the numbers. For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson, and that's today's readout on our latest Wednesday Wake Up. For more information, visit climatediscussionnexus.com, where you can search through the blog section and the videos for information on this and many other topics. See you soon.